Welcome to NFCC's Guide Through the Seasons of Mental Wellness. I'm your host, Anna Crane, a licensed social worker and outreach counselor at Nick Finnegan Counseling Center here in Houston, Texas. I'm so glad for you to join us for season three, where we talk about all things healing. Let's get into today's episode. Damiola Adashina is a licensed professional counselor and owner of Ariti Counseling and Wellness. In the Yoruba language, Dami's tribe and native language, the word Ariti means hope. Hope is the belief that our future circumstances can change for the better. Dami's passion is helping others see that their situation is not hopeless. As a therapist, she works to create a safe space for her clients to share insight by being non-judgmental and encouraging. She believes that the key components of a therapeutic alliance are respect, trust, and care. Dami serves as a guide and resource for her clients so they can create a path suitable for their lifestyle. She helps clients become aware of their bodies, feelings, thoughts, and actions so that healing can persist. Dami Lola believes that as long as individuals are willing to put in the work, true and transformative change can occur in their life. Today, we will be talking about intergenerational trauma. Trauma passed down through generations can ripple through multiple areas of life, not just for the survivors, but also for descendants not yet born at the time of the original trauma. This can be significant and complex trauma or can bleed into our lives in small but impactful ways. We hope this episode with my dear friend Dami will help give us an understanding on intergenerational trauma, ways to spot it within ourselves, and tools to help us heal ourselves and our families. Welcome, Dami. Let's start by telling our listeners all about you. Obviously, I know you personally and have had the joy of working alongside you, but tell us about you and how your experiences in life and in your practice as an LPC make you an expert in intergenerational trauma. Well, first of all, hi, Anna. I want to say I love you. You are amazing. And thank you for inviting me to have a conversation around um, intergenerational trauma and a bit about myself. I consider it an honor and a privilege. Um, so if many of you have just heard, my name is Dami Lola Adeshina, but I just go by Dami. And I am a licensed professional counselor in the state of Texas. I live in Houston, Texas. I am the owner and therapist of Erate Counseling, which is my private practice. I also co-host a podcast called For a Season Podcast with my sisters. That's where we kind of talk about all things healing and sisterhood. I specialize in childhood trauma, perinatal mental health, so motherhood, um, couples, and all things anxiety and depression. I received my undergrad from the University of Georgia. Go dogs. Go dogs. And, yes. Come on, Anna. That's why Except I for I'm you. a frog, so you know, we are we're in a war right now. What do y'all say? Ribbit? I don't I don't know. <laughs> Um, I received my master's from the University of St. Thomas um, in Houston. I've been a clinician for over six years, licensed clinician. I'm a wife and I'm a mom of two boys. So that's a bit about me. And I guess to answer your second question around like my experiences in life around um, intergenerational trauma and what makes me an expert in that. So for me personally, not only did I do I specialize in childhood trauma, but I'm also a survivor of it. So I'm a survivor of sexual, physical, and emotional abuse. Right. 
I mean, thank you so much for sharing all that. Of course, I love you too. I'm so happy to be here with you. And I deeply believe that you are the perfect person to be talking about this because I have just loved watching you grow and watching you heal and then also watching you help other people heal. Um, I really believe that before we start healing from anything, we have to understand what is going on with us. Um, Can you briefly explain to our listeners what intergenerational trauma is? And then also why it's important to start identifying that type of trauma kind of before we get deep into our lives. Yeah. Um, Intergenerational trauma is basically trauma we inherit. Like we inherit a lot of things from our parents and from their parents, right? Money, clothes, cars, et cetera. But we also inherit their trauma. And so essentially like that is trauma that's passed down from one generation to the next Sometimes it can be silent, it can be covert, it can be defined, it can be surfaced, it can be overt. Um, But essentially it can be, uh, we're generations of teen pregnancy. That's intergenerational trauma, right? right? Maybe you have a father who is obsessed with becoming wealthy, so nothing else matters but money. So his kids learned that, then grandkids learned that, right? Right. Um, That could be generations of divorce. That is traumatic. Eating disorders and obesity So it's essentially things that we don't necessarily start with, but we receive from our parents because someone before us did not stop to do the work. Right. I think that that's so typical, too. You hear people say, well, my mom did that, so I do it. Right. Or that that happened to my grandmother. So that's the reason that I feel like I probably had that happen to me. But sometimes we don't necessarily stop to identify it right in ourselves. And I feel like Can you kind of talk about why it's important to stop to try and identify patterns in our families? Yeah. I mean, like, why not? (laughs) We all want what's best for our kids and the future generations. So why not give them the best foot forward by doing the work? Why not do that? Why not? uh, Why do we not want our legacy to flourish beyond what we can do? Why just why have us be the baseline and the status quo, right? But the things that people need to understand is that a big part of like trauma is that it also changed our genetic makeup and it's not in a good way. So if we do not do the work or if we just kind of say, well, that's just how things have always been, then we're just setting up our futures for failure. Right. And how often do we hear people say that? Right. Well, well, we are just this way. Right. Like my family name is this and we just act this way because that's what happens instead of setting the next generation up for success by saying, you know what, even though we have been this way for so long, that doesn't mean that we have to do the same thing over and over again. Absolutely not. We will do different. (laughs) That's right. We will do different. I love that. Do you believe that there are certain populations of people like races and cultures and genders, et cetera, that are more often impacted by this type of trauma, that intergenerational trauma impacts a certain group more often than not? Absolutely. That's right. (laughs) I think um, being systematically exploited during repeat enduring repeated and continual abuse, racism, and poverty are all traumatic enough 
to cause intergenerational trauma and genetic changes, right? Right. So African-Americans and those people kind of living in poverty are susceptible to these types of experiences and trauma because it's repeated. It's systematic. We see it over and over and over again. I feel like a high rate of women are susceptible to like domestic abuse and sexual assault. People in countries who've endured wars for many years, like those group of people, people who've experienced hate crimes, LGBT. Uh, LGBTQ uh, community, people in those community, kids in the foster care systems, which are mostly black and brown kids, immigrants, refugees, like all of these people experience it more often because it's perpetuated and it happens over and over and over and over again. And no one's saying, hey, you could be different, right? Giving them a choice to choose differently. No one's saying you don't have to be this way. And no one is doing enough work so that the systems can change so that these groups of people, these marginalized group of people don't have to continuously be this way. Right. I think that's something that obviously, you know, we've worked together before in some of those populations of people. And I think that, you know, there are lots of mental health professionals that are out there, like where, like Nick Finnegan Counseling Center, like your private practice, where these people can receive help. But I think it's so hard for them to probably start to identify that within themselves, right? So how do you feel like this trauma can infect, affect us in, as individuals and as families? And how do you feel like we can start to identify it within ourselves? Yeah, I think trauma as a family is earlier, you know, we talked about like, well, we've I've always been this way. My grandmother did this, so we've never changed that. This is the so-and-so's name. It's a it's a it becomes a cultural conditioning. We mm. don't even recognize it, right? I said it's silent because we just thought like that's just the status quo. That's how it's always been. So it becomes cultural conditioning of a family because we are who we are and this can't change. There's a belief that it cannot change. Or there's a feeling of being stuck and there's no way out. So that's the biggest way it impacts families and they don't even know it impacts them, right? Oftentimes when I get clients in the room, they'll say, you know, well, my mom, you know, she'll call my job if I don't answer and then she'll call all of my friends and then she'll da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Like, I don't know how to get away from her. I was like, you know, you could choose differently. Like, there's a different choice, Right. So people don't understand that they can choose differently. But not only that, it creates a lot of disconnection in families. Um, People are not connected emotionally. People trauma bond. There's codependency within families. Poverty persists within families. And there's a lot of emotional neglect. Right. So when we think about the family system as a whole unit, um, it's very dysfunctional. And people continue to persist in the um, the roles that they play within the like the family systems to uphold the dysfunction. And the sad part is they don't even know it. Right. So I think that like exactly what you just said is so important, right? You just kind of talked about the symptoms of intergenerational trauma. They, they are experiencing these things over and over again. They see it happening, right? And how do they choose differently, right? Like we can say all day, just choose differently. But how, how do they start? I think you have to first recognize that as you see it, like the big picture from a family, look at the individual perspective, right? Because the only person you can control is yourself at the end of the day. Say it again so for I'm... the people in the back. The <laughs> only person you can control is yourself. At the end of the day, that's it. So on an individual basis, what am I experiencing? Because this impacts my mental health, my physical health, right? It, in, it impacts. Um, how I see the world. So 
am I anxious all the time about a certain reason? Is there a certain reason why, like, I think all men are dogs, right? Am I depressed? I'm not interested in doing the things that I normally once used to do or um, around a certain uh, holiday, it just kind of goes awry and chaotic. You know, my family, you know, Christmas never goes well. Or, you know, um, do I, I have a fear of commitment because, you know, I've saw years and years or generations and generations of just divorce and I don't want that. So I'm kind of like um, scared to commit, to be in a committed relationship. Do I, can, do I, do is, are there parts of my childhood that I cannot remember? I'm like, oh, I actually don't remember any part of that. Right. I skip elementary, middle school and high school altogether. Like it's all like, right. So am I experiencing memory loss? So if these are certain symptoms that I'm noticing within myself and it's impacting my way of life and living on a like abnormal level, like that is a sign that something is deeper there. Oftentimes- or go ahead. Sorry. Oh, I was just going to say, absolutely. I feel like the way to choose differently is starting to identify those things within ourselves. And that's a that's not easy. I feel like it's important to say it's not an easy thing to be like, wow, I don't really want those things for me, but I don't really know how to get out of that, you know? Yeah, it's not easy. So it really also depends on um, who you surround yourself with, your community, who are you vibing off of, who are you feeding off of, who's speaking life into you, what are you indoctrinating your mind with and, and things of that nature? Because I know for me and my personal journey, had it not been for like my sisters or my best friend to call something out, I probably would have still been in my dysfunction and right. functioning very well, may I add. That's right. right. So there, <laughs> there are highly, this there's, uh, how do you say, people who function um, well in their dysfunction on a high level, right? right. Almost right. like a hyper, um, I guess you could say like hyper independence or hyper vigilance, just like they're super, super independent, super great. You may not think on the outside anything was wrong, but internally it's extremely destructive. You know, yeah, absolutely. And I think that's something that what you just said makes me think about is so often we see that with mothers, right? In motherhood, you have to be a certain way, act a certain way so that you can just handle your own stuff and then also handle the people around you, right? And your little people. We have a lot of parents who are listeners. And I know you work so closely with mothers and motherhood. And I just wanted to see if you could help us walk through parenting while healing from generational trauma. Oh, that's a mouthful. Oh, Jesus. That's right. And I only know this because I'm still doing this myself because I I feel like this process of journey of, of healing and intergenerational trauma is continuous. It's obviously right. So I'm parenting while reparenting. So reparenting is essentially like giving myself what I didn't get when I was a child. And that's hard. It's difficult, but it's doable. But a big part of that, it takes conscious efforts and decisions to give yourself what you did not get as a child, right? While also simultaneously paying attention to the needs of your kids and providing them what they need. So giving myself what I need may mean, you know, I need a break. So I'm going to find a babysitter for my child so that I can like rejuvenate, right? Right. Or I need help. So I'm going to ask someone, and I deal with like a lot of new moms. So I'm going to ask for someone to come and um, uh, uh, clean my home cook me a meal so that I can get a nap, 
right? So, but if I don't pay attention to my needs and instead only provide my child with their needs, then essentially I'm trying to utilize my child to cure the emotional gap from my childhood. Does that make sense? No, that totally makes sense. I feel like I, I love the idea of rewriting the story, right? It's the concept of what do I need to do to make the changes for me personally so that my kids and my you know, whole family can be better because I have taken care of myself. So now I can serve them better and love them better. Because your child is different from you and they're going to have different needs. So you have to be mindful to those needs. And it's really, really important. But when you remove yourself or try to, you know, say, oh, I don't need anything or I'm fine or it's all about them, et cetera, it's actually causing them more harm um, than you actually are trying to, to help them, Right. Um, another thing I would say to, to parents and a lot of moms too, when reparenting, especially in a family where no one else is doing the work and you're by yourself, yes. you may have to remove people from your life that are causing you harm and do not serve you best, um, and may place your child in danger. And that may not always be easy. And maybe there is like a middle ground, like, I don't know, but setting boundaries with people who aren't allowing you to be your best self is also critical and important too. Because if you don't do something different, take a different behavior, then you are a part of the problem and you're just upholding the dysfunction that already exists within your family. So if you want different from your child, then you have to desire and choose to be different. Yeah, I think that you, I would say the overarching theme of this is to just choose differently and building community with people who are making you better. Because I think that, a lot of people's response to what you just said could be, well, I can't take a nap because the only person that can help me is my mom and my mom did X, Y, Z to me. And therefore I don't want to take that nap because I'd rather do handle it on my own versus let my mom take care or whatever. And I think that the moral of the story really feels like Choosing differently looks like choosing community and setting boundaries where needed because that's the way to help heal from intergenerational trauma. Yeah, you have to be willing to see differently because even to that person, I can't take a nap because my mom is the only person. Well, okay, who in your life could you see as being part of your community then, right? Right. Well, there's, there's nobody there. Look again. Because at that point, you're just kind of stonewalling yourself and you're gaslighting yourself and you're not ready for change, right? Right. That's always the indication when you're not willing to see a different perspective and search for a new. Because as long as you're willing to to change and to do the work, there is always a different perspective or a different way, right? And everybody's situation is going to look different. It's not going to be like um, the same, but there's, there's always a way. Absolutely. I I am so appreciative of you and your insight and just your views on this, because I deeply believe that people sometimes just need to be told to choose differently, right? They just need to hear that because it's not the easiest thing in the world to do, but you need the support to actually do that. I'm just so thankful for you. Are you ready for our rapid fire five? Sure. Let's, let's do it. <laughs> okay. I feel like you're not really ready, but I'm ready for it. We got it. I got it. Let's go. Let's go. I got it. (laughs) All right, my love. Let's do this thing. The first question is healing is. Continuous. 
The second question is, if you could read one book on repeat, what would it be? Um, Mother Hunger by Kelly McDaniel. Ooh, write that down. The third question, the best version of self-care for you personally is? Uh, sketching or calligraphy. I'm learning calligraphy and that's been really fun. Uh, beautiful. Send your invites her way, y'all. Okay. <laughs> Number four, what's one thing you are proud of? Oh, quitting my nine to five and starting my practice. <laughs> that's right, girl. Go for it. Love it. Number five, one thing you are deeply grateful for. My husband. He's amazing. He's great. He is amazing. He I is. love that he for is. you. Dami, I loved hearing from you and I want people to be able to connect with you further and learn more about you. So where can they do that? Um, and there's so many ways where you can connect with me. Um, one, you can find my website, www.eretiecounseling. That's I-R-E-T-I counseling.com. Um, you can reach out to me there. You can also email me at hello at eratcounseling.com. I also have a podcast on all the streaming avenues called For a Season Podcast. And that's a podcast where I talk about my healing journey with my sisters who are deeply a part of that process as well um, and talk about where we are in different seasons of our lives. And last but not least, if you are one of these people who listen to this podcast and you're like, you know what, I'm not really sure I have any intergenerational trauma I, I want to challenge you to email me. Email me, and you know what I'm going to send you? I'm going to send you a family genogram. And in that family genogram, it's going to have you outline and understand like the family themes and the family trees that you have in your family, not just DNA and lineage, but actually connections that are present in your family. So I challenge you to email me again at hello at eratcounseling.com, and I'll send you the family genogram, and we can have a conversation more of if intergenerational trauma exists within your family. Yes, I love that so much, and y'all really should connect with her. She's a beautiful soul, beautiful person, and absolutely brilliant. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to help us reach more listeners, please share it with someone you know, post about it on social media, and leave a rating or a review. To see what's coming next, follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Nick Finn Council or visit our website at finnegancounseling.org. Before I go, I'd also like to thank the people who made this project possible. My wonderful friends and guest experts who joined me each episode our production team at Three Wire Creative, our editor, Giselle Dixon, and the amazing leadership team and supporters at Nick Finnegan Counseling Center in Houston, Texas. Until next time.